You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Hey, I'm Tamara, and welcome to Many Roads Traveled, the travel podcast that takes you all around the world on my overland trips that I've been doing over the last 30 years to 76 countries. So if you love travel and adventure, please subscribe. And of course, at the end of each episode, there is Tam's Top Tips, which is my up-to-date travel tips for that area. Okay, so buckle up, buttercup, and let's hit the road. Okay, I'm back. Uh, welcome to episode number 62 and number two in series two. First, to start off, I just want to wish you Happy New Year. I really hope 2022 is a great year for you and for all of us. And hopefully COVID pisses off back to where it came from. <laughs> so we can get back out there and start living our real lives, especially travel. So I hope you had a great Christmas uh, holidays. I apologize for taking almost four uh, four weeks off, but Christmas, New Year's, you know, and then I got COVID. So I was pretty sick for a week and you think my voice is raspy now? Well, <laughs> I sounded like a croaky witch like about a week. So it's, I'm finally feeling a bit better and the uh, voice is, you know, pretty much back to normal. <laughs> okay, so on today's episode... We are going to this most amazing cave. It's called the ATM cave because the long version is, I'll try and pronounce it now, the Acton Tunichil Munknal cave, which in Mayan means cave of the stone sepulcher or sepulcher. I don't know. Never know how to say that word. Hence why we're calling it the ATM cave. And no, you do not take out money there. Okay, but yeah, it's in Western Belize. Well, National Geographic has ranked it the number one spiritual cave in the world. And I would have to agree, not that I've been to every cave in the world, but I've been to quite a lot of them. And it's not only a spiritual place, but it is beautiful. It's actually stunning. So I'm just going to give you a little bit of a backstory before we go to my adventures going there. So the Mayans, so we're in Belize, obviously, Western Belize. Mayans discovered this cave, archaeologists believed, in 300 to 600 AD. But because of how dark it is and deep, it goes like miles, they reckoned that the Mayans didn't use it till about 700 and 900 AD, like for spiritual ceremonies. Modern day Belize, uh, back then, it was a massive hub in the Mayan Empire. So this is like, this cave is really super important. I mean, it still is revered now to the Mayans. Uh, the cave wasn't rediscovered until 1989 and became like open to the public in 1998. So pretty recent, really, for us to go see it. There was over 1,400 human artifacts found in the cave, dating back from 250 to 900 A.D., so there's like a combo of pottery, tools, weapons, and vessels for water. And I guess this just kind of proved how advanced the society was for the time, the Mayans, you know, right up there with the Egyptians. But they've also discovered that the cave was used for human sacrifices. And 14 intact body skeletons have been found inside the cave. 
The most famous one is called the Crystal Maiden, and they believed that that human sacrifice that was a woman, and she was about 18 years old. But because of the cave, like where this was, like I'm going to tell you about that when I get there in the episode, the skeleton is completely crystallized. So it, it kind of glows. It's really amazing. <laughs> but the reason why the Mayans did the human sacrifices, especially in this cave, was because their gods, like the fertility god, their agriculture god, and their rain god, were all believed to reside in the underworld. So the ATM cave with, you know, it's miles long, it's very deep, it's very dark. I mean, that kind of logically makes sense why they would think that was a possible portal or doorway to the underworld. So therefore, if they sacrificed humans at the doorway of the underworld to the gods, you know, they were thinking, well, we're really going to make the gods happy. <laughs> the thing is, out of the 14 of those human sacrifices that they found, like the skeletons, half of those were for children under five. Now, again, the reason why they sacrificed children was because of the purity the innocence and they thought that would appease the gods even more and also around this time there was like a hundred year drought which was probably caused because the mines were just chopping down all the trees so causing soil erosion and things like that so you know water couldn't keep which of course humans nowadays have learned nothing from that and are doing it on a mass scale around the world hence climate change anyways to not to digress the cave is miles long. I think it goes about four miles long. Visitors are allowed to go about two-thirds of the way, so just over three miles. And there's only 125 visitors a day allowed and eight people per guide. The closest town that the ATM is near is a San Ignacio, and the closest vi village is called Tea Kettle. Okay, so there's your backstory, a bit of history about it. And now let's pick up on day four, where I left off on my last episode, where I left Key Cocker, which is the island, part of Belize, but off the coast of Belize, which is beautiful, had an amazing time there, swam with sharks, all that jazz, catch the last episode to hear about that. Yeah, so it's day four, woke up, checked out, had my breakfast, because I got free breakfast at the little hotel I was staying at on Key Cocker, and then at the 10 a.m. ferry to water, like the water taxi back to the mainland Belize which is a good idea to get your return trip because it's a bit cheaper and also go with Belize ferries because, again, I think they're $18 compared to the other one, which is $22. Because you know me, it's all about the budget, travel budget, and, you know, getting more, most bang for your buck. So it's about a 45-minute boat ride from Keycocker to the mainland. And then I met a Canadian girl and we shared a taxi to the bus station now, local buses are called chicken buses, kind of all through Central America, actually. <laughs> I don't know why. Maybe because people bring their chickens on the bus. I don't know. I never saw a chicken on a bus <laughs> while I was there. But they are basically all American old school buses. So they are like the yellow school buses. But they're cheap. Cheap and cheerful. Again, that's what we like. I managed to get kind of near the front seat on the, look, on the chicken bus to San Ignacio. Took about I think three hours or so to get to to San Ignacio. Remember, this trip was completely different to my African trip. 
African trip, 93, 94, this trip, 2020. So yeah, so I left this trip just before COVID lockdown. So February of 2020. And so this was like February 6th. And I actually booked all my accommodation before I left home, which is crazy. <laughs> but because I knew I only had one month, I kind of had to be a little bit more on the ball. Like African trip, it was like I winged the whole year and a half, basically. <laughs> so this would, yeah, very different. It was, I was going, there was not a lot of R&R, &R, <laughs> put it that way. Anyways, so I knew where I was staying in San Luisio. It was called Hotel Tropical. And it wasn't too far. I was walking distance from the bus station and in San Ignacio. And San Ignacio is cool. It's a sweet little town. There's kind of like a main strip with all the, you know, bars and restaurants and shops and, you know, a lot of tables, you know, patios, you know, for eating and drinking outside, which is nice. The lady who ran my hotel, really nice. I mean, it's, again, small. I do prefer to stay in family run or small guest houses. My room is okay. It was clean, which is always important. And the, the bathrooms are really clean. They're just around the corner from my room. And then there was a little garden with picnic table out back. So that was nice. So once I got settled, I kind of went to book my trip to the ATM cave. So I went to, obviously, there's lots of tourist agencies and, you know, shops like that. So I went to a few and they're all around the same price as well. I found the one that didn't charge commissions on your credit card because I wanted to put this in my credit card. So I found one, which is called Pax Tours, and they were actually really good. So it was 95 US dollars for the day. And I could go the next day, which is ideal, on my tight timetable. So that was okay, paid for that. And they're like, okay, come here, be here at eight in the morning. And there was four other people going with me. So that was awesome as well. You know, it was the afternoon by now, about four o'clock. And of course, it's happy hour. Well, it'd be rude not to really. So, you know, two for one drinks. And Belize, it's Belize dollars, but you can also use U.S. dollars. So you don't have to change money if you're carrying American money because it's two to one. And it's actually better rate on the streets than in the banks. <laughs> so if you have U.S. dollars, just spend U.S. dollars. You don't have to change it into Belize dollars. So the two for one was two drinks for five Belize dollars. So $2.50 U.S. Beauty. So, yep, found myself a little table outside, and then next to me there was two American girls who were drinking and chatting, and I ended up starting talking to them, and then they're like, oh, come join us. So I did, and we ended up getting a bucket of beer for 20 Belize dollars. You got six beers, and just having a laugh, and yeah, it was really fun. And then they're like, well, do you want to join us for dinner? We're like, I was like, yeah, great. So we went to this local restaurant called Irva's. And we shared some shrimp ceviche. And then I got a sea bass burrito, which was delicious. And we split a bottle of wine. It was really nice. Uh, like I said, we had a good laugh. Like they felt like friends of mine from back home, basically. <laughs> and they even ended up paying for the bottle of wine. So that was nice. They're like, oh, it's our treat. And another thing was this trip was kind of my research, I guess, market research, I don't know, for my podcast. Because my podcast came out, I think I, my first episodes came out in end of July, August 2020. So I was using this trip to also, yeah, like, you know, get feedback, constructive feedback from other travelers, because obviously that's who are probably my main audience. And I have to say, throughout the month, because I talked to lots of people about it from all different ages, male and female, 
and just got, you know, great feedback. And everyone's like, oh my God, I'm going to listen for sure. I knew the name. I knew I had many roads traveled. So that was good as well. Cause I could tell people, I'm like, oh, I don't know when it'll be coming out, but that's what it's called. <laughs> so if anyone's listening who I met in Central America in 2020, thank you so much for sticking with me. <laughs> and of course, to all of you listeners, it was a fun night. And then I got home. And then of course, I was up early, went to this local place called Pops. And uh, all the locals went there. That's another key. Go to where locals eat (laughs) because they know where's good and usually what's cheap. So I had a chapa, which is like spinach and cheese omelet, toasts, beans, tea, coffee, everything. It was like a few bucks, which is all right. Because Belize isn't that cheap. Belize and Costa Rica are the two most expensive countries in Central America. And they're not much cheaper than America, in my opinion. Costa Rica was more expensive than Canada, actually. So <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> and then, yeah, went back to Pax Tours, met the four of the people I was going with, which was American couple in their, I'd say, late 20s, and this older Canadian couple, really lovely. They must have been, I reckon, like late 60s, early 70s. So the five of us headed off in our little minibus, because it's about... 45, 45 minutes or so, maybe a little bit more to get to the ATM entrance area, the parking, the bathrooms and things like that, picnic tables. And you go through the, yeah, this little village called Tea Kettle. And then from Tea Kettle, it's 45 minutes. So, but it's, it's really beautiful. I mean, it's only the last few miles of the road. Once you turn off the main road, again, we're back to our bumpy gravel roads, but beautiful, super green. So we get to the parking area and you're not allowed to bring your camera to the caves, which sucked because I even had a little GoPro, to, but not even allowed to bring that. Nothing. The reason being is because, of course, an American tourist <laughs> had a Nikon camera, you know, or a Canon camera, big camera a few years ago in the cave. And he dropped it and put a hole, like cracked 1,100-year-old skulls. There's only 14 in the cave, and he cracked one. So they're like, nope, that's it. No more, no more cameras. So we can thank him for this. You know, you can bring a water bottle. Because it's like a 45-minute walk from the parking lot to get to the actual entrance of the cave. So it's a few miles, but it's absolutely beautiful. And you do have to cross three rivers. <laughs> to get to the cave but there is a rope there that you can hold on to but the first crossing is the longest and deepest river like you come up to your neck and it's cold <laughs> like it's like whoa. I mean the Canadian lady she almost quit there <laughs> she, <laughs> she was like I don't think I could do this but bless her she, she she got across all three and then near the entrance of the cave honestly I felt like I was in Jurassic Park it was amazing like these palm trees, the size of houses, they're just huge. And all these other green foliage. I was expecting a dinosaur or a raptor or something to come out of, you know, the bush at any moment, the jungle. It was crazy, but absolutely stunning. So even if I would have my camera just for there, it would have been nice. But hey, ho. So we had a little rest and then you have to leave your water bottles out like there you can't bring those into the cave and trust me you need both your hands like this is like a cave obstacle course so if you're claustrophobic or 
you got to be a little bit physically fit, but definitely if you're claustrophobic, no, you do not do this. <laughs> For sure. Okay, so going into the cave, uh, we all wear helmets with little torches on our helmets, thankfully, because otherwise we pitch black. And then you have to swim, I don't know, it's about 500 meters into, until you can start walking in the cave. So it's cold. Like I said, the water is cold. <laughs> it wasn't that sunny that day, so it wasn't super hot either. So it was like, oh my gosh. Another thing, you need to definitely wear, like I had water shoes, so you, but you, they have to be closed-toed shoes, and you must wear socks. Trust me, it'll make sense soon. Okay, so remember that. So yeah, we finally get into the cave, like where we can stand. And then the obstacle course began. And like I said, it's pitch black. So our guide had a, a big torch as well as his helmet torch. And then he also had like a laser pointer too to sh you know, show us things in the cave. You're clambering over these rocks and it's like really narrow sometimes, very narrow entrances. Or you have to like go under the water, under rocks. <laughs> And then this one point, I call it the guillotine bit, because it's not technically what it's named, but you have to, literally, you're, you have to go sideways, turn your head, and then put it certain certain position, and then this rock juts out right at your throat. Like you, There's literally an inch between your throat and the rock. <laughs> and then scoot your bum around the corner and get through that way. Yeah, it really was like a guillotine, <laughs> but vertical. Anyways, it was hard. It was hard. And, you know, my health is not great, as you may know. Um, I have a rare blood illness, so I can get swollen and pain anywhere in my joints because it's like a rare blood disease that affects my blood vessels. So it's kind of like having arthritis in your blood, but it can affect me anywhere and everywhere. Plus, both my knees are shot completely. So it was pretty hard. <laughs> going that's for sure the, the american couple the guy like bless him he helped me a lot either pushing my ass over or like pulling me through by my arm as, as well as the guide like i was not much better than the 72 year old canadian woman or i think she was probably her knee probably in better shape than mine were though i have to say but anyways we, the five of us we did it we got through and like i said it's about 45 minutes you know it's almost three miles and it's pitch black no wonder they took the Mayans hundreds of years to, to venture through the cave because they would have had like bamboo torches or something like that. And it was very tricky. So I don't know how they kept those dry. And there wasn't even many, you know, some caves you can have different little openings, the roof. There's only a couple. But it was quite funny because occasionally you'd see these little tiny plants like sprout out of the rock. And our guide was telling us because that is from bat droppings, guana. The seeds in the bat droppings might sometimes, if they're near the, one of these little holes in the cave roof, that's enough sunlight, and they grow. Like I felt like it was, I was in Wally <laughs> with Wally with his little plant. It's really cute. Anyway, so like I said, it's about forty-five minutes or so of you know the cave obstacle course up and over rocks and oh my gosh plus it's cold so the water is anywhere from your like shin level to your neck level at different points so you are not dry you're wet the whole time through and then finally come to the end where the visitors you know that's it and they're like okay we're going up there and it's literally it's about 30 to 40 foot straight vertical cliff face like 
there's no ropes. There's no nothing. I was like, what? He goes, well, that's the top of the cave. And that's like, it's called the cathedral. It's a huge open, but that's where the skeletons are. So you got to climb it. I'm like, oh my God, this is ridiculous. So there's just natural handholds, you know, footholds in the rock. Of course, it's wet. So it's super slippery too. I'm like, oh my God, I am going to die. That's <laughs> simply it. This is how I go. Because if I was to fall, especially from the top, near the top, you just fall onto rock. And then how the hell are they going to carry me out of here? Like, so I was scared. I'm going to tell you the truth. I was scared just because my knees can also give out at any time, one or both of them. So that's kind of what I was most scared about. It's like, oh my gosh, if my knee gives out when I'm like Spider-Manning up this wall, <laughs> it's not going to be good. Again, bless. So the guy's pulling me up sometimes, like my arm, and then the American guy is pushing my ass. <laughs> but together we did it. I was so proud. The Canadian lady was like, not a chance. Not happening. I'm going to stay here and wait for you guys. We really stuck for her. Because she's down there in the cold, in the wet, and dark. She only has her torch. And we're probably like up there for an hour or so. But I, there's no, yeah. I mean, I barely did it, so I don't think, I think she made the right choice. But the old Canadian dude, he got up there with some help, but he did it. So all of us were up, well, the four of us that were up there, which is great. And get to the top, well, you're finally out of the water, which is nice because it's dry. So it's just like this massive plateau, like the cave. I call it the cathedral because it's just it's massive huge 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 opening but you take you have to take your shoes off so that's why you have to have socks which again not comfortable wearing like walking on this rock with wet socks but you got to do it and that's where you see some of the pottery like pieces of pottery and stuff like that it's really amazing and you kind of start feeling the you know the reverential or spiritual vibe of the cave like honestly it was, it was really cool and then you walk, I don't know, a few hundred meters, and then you come to this no other sheer kind of wall. But there is an aluminum ladder that's kind of held together by ropes like, attached to the wall. But it's like 90 degrees straight up. <laughs> and it's, the problem was, at the top, there's a, a cliff that comes super low. So you literally have a couple of feet to clear the top of the ladder to the side of you so you kind of come up you have to step off the ladder but then really get down and then scoot through the opening underneath this cliff with bad knees it's a lot harder than what for other people that don't have bad knees who can actually kneel and things like that but again i did it so that was great and then you get up there and there's another clearing you know kind of flat and that's where you start seeing some of the skulls and then you walk further and then there is the crystal maiden, the skeleton. And it does. It kind of glows in your torch lights because it's crystallized because, you know, the environment of the cave. It's, and it's 1,100 years old, this skeleton, in pristine condition, but crystallized. So it glows. That's why it's called the crystal maiden. So even though it's kind of like sad because they're human sacrifice and they reckon that she was 18 years old when she was killed... But it is really cool. Like, you do feel a bit like Indiana Jones. And then we saw probably the most famous pottery is called the Monkey Pot. And there's this really amazing 
monkey design on this pot. But what makes it even more special is because that exact monkey design has only been found on three other pottery in all of Mayan civilization, like that the archaeologists have found. So it's super rare. And it's really detailed. So, uh, yeah, so that was pretty cool seeing that. You know, after, like I said, probably an hour, a bit more up there, then it was like, okay, now we got to go back and do that all again, but climbing down. <laughs> so I was not looking forward to cl- the climbing down bit. Going back through the cave was okay, but I was like, oh no, here we go. So I managed to get down the ladder okay, which was all right. And then we got, then we had to do the wall, the rock wall. And plus the lovely Canadian lady's like probably freezing her butt off because she's not even, you know, moving that much. So, and she's in, you know, waist deep in pretty cold water. Anyway, she was happy to see us, (laughs) as you can imagine. And then I was the last to, to come down the wall. Because they, I think they all thought, well, more of us down here to catch you, <laughs> probably the better in case I fall. Oh, boy. Yeah, again, pretty scary. I was just pleading for my knees not to give out. Because now I'm, like, especially when I'm cold and damp, that's the worst time. Like, that's the worst thing for my condition as well. It was scary, but I had to do it. I mean, how else? I had to get down, so I had to do it. Which I managed to do, didn't even fall, wipe out nothing. So I was super happy about that. And really, really proud of myself, like to go out battling my fears and just doing it. And you know, I'm no spring chicken. I was 50 when I did that trip. So <laughs> But my point is do things that scare you because you'll feel awesome afterwards. So once we got down and reunited with the lady, I was back through the cave and we're getting pretty tired, and like I said, you're just so cold as well. At least you got your shoes back on. So it was another 45 minutes back through the cave, and then, you know, swim out. Finally, we could get our water bottles and have a drink, which was great, and then, you know, cross those three rivers again, walk through the jungle, all that stuff. So another hour or so to get back to the parking lot where we could finally have lunch. <laughs> Because that's with your tour, they include transportation, the guide, because you have to have a guide, obviously. Cave and lunch. Well, it's a late lunch. And it was really lovely because it was his wife made it, the guide's wife. So really delicious, lovely lunch. Um, and like I said, they have picnic tables at the parking lot area. So did that. Changed into some dry clothes, to, you know, towel off because there's bathrooms there. And then drove back to San Ignacio. So we got back to San Ignacio about 4.30 in the afternoon. Like I said, we left at 8 in the morning, so it's a full day. So I went back to my hotel, had a shower, even though I was completely waterlogged. But <laughs> and then just kind of went to a local restaurant and had some dinner, and sea bass again, but garlic butter sea bass, and then just crashed. I was exhausted. I mean, it's a full-on day that you're walking. But it was an amazing day. I'm so happy I did it. You know, it was a little bit pricey for my budget, but it was definitely, definitely worth it. So I would highly recommend it. Okay, so next episode, we are going to country number 72 for me, Guatemala to Flores, another beautiful little place in Guatemala, uh, where I'm going to Tikal, which is like one of the biggest ancient Mayan cities. So lots of pyramids, things like that, which is really was, again, pretty awesome. But, of course, before we go... And now it's time for... Tam's Top Tips! Okay, so 
tip number one, obviously this episode is about the ATM cave, so it's kind of going to be about that. Tip one is, I mean, you can go see the cave from, like you can do it from Belize City, the, the capital. Obviously, it's going to be a longer day because it's about a three-hour drive to San Ignacio. You can even do it from Flores in Guatemala. I think the most convenient is San Ignacio because it's less driving time. Because it's about 45 minutes. And San Ignacio is, is a cute little town. So it's worth it. So like I said, the day is from about 8 in the morning until 4.30 in the afternoon. Pretty much all the kind of same, all the tour guides. Like I said, if you did want to, you know, the cheapest possible way is that you don't get charged on your credit card for commissions, then PAX Tours. They were great. So check them out. They're on the main kind of strip in San Ignacio. Tip number two, I would get some water shoes. I just got like a really good pair on Amazon for like 18 bucks or something like that. And, you know, I can use them for years. They packed down really, really small uh, in my backpack. Actually, I didn't have a backpack this time. Another weird thing. Uh, first time ever, I had a little carry-on suitcase with the rollers. I was like, I'm 50 years old. I don't, I'm not carrying backpacks anymore. <laughs> but it was fine. Carry on, didn't have to pay for checked baggage either. So there you go. So that's what I'm saying. Like the water shoes are great because, you know, otherwise you're going to be wearing, I don't know how many shoes you bring when you're traveling, but one usually and flip flops. Yeah, you can't wear tea with like open sandals because they have to be closed toed shoes. So whether those be your trainers or water shoes. Also, you must wear socks. Also, bring a change of clothes and a towel because trust me, you'll want it. Especially, you know, depending on where you're coming from, you got at least a 45 minute or to get back. So towel, dry clothes, closed toed shoes, and socks, and a water bottle. Tip number three would be if there's a big group of you, remember there's only eight people per guide and only 125 people can go per day to the ATM cave. All the tours. Okay, so you might have to, you know, Depending on how big your group is, you might be split, you know, split up in different guides, things like that. And again, you know, you may have to wait, depending on what, what, what time of the year you're going, you might have to wait a day or two before you'd be able to get it. So be aware of that. I would say your budget for Belize in general, like you could probably get by in 50 bucks US a day, you know, but then I would budget um, on at eating at local places for only a couple bucks. So it depends on you. Very affordable, probably a hundred bucks a day or more obviously and then for solo female travelers Belize no problem I felt very very safe in Belize and that's another great thing is that everyone, mostly everyone speaks English I mean English is their main language so everyone speaks English you can use the U.S. dollars super easy to get around I mean you don't have to use the chicken buses there's all these like uh, tourist buses so it's a little bit more and they're for like minivans things like that uh, which I did use in other places in Central America, which were great because it's just so easy. They pick you up from your hotel and drop you off at your hotel. <laughs> so it's easier. As you can tell, I, you know, I was 22 when I did the Africa trip. I'm now 50. So, well, I'm 52 now, but 50 when I did this trip. There are some changes, that's for sure. Okay, so I think that's a wrap for this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed the ATM cave. And yeah, stay tuned for next episode when we're going to Flores and Tikal. 
Okay, and of course, as always, you can always find more information at mayroadstravel.com to Al's Travel. All right, until next time, take care of yourself. Cheers. Cheers.